You're listening to The Local Beat on WKNC, hosted by DJ Beowulf. This specialty show airs on Tuesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. every week and features live sessions and interviews with local musicians of all genres. If you miss a week, check out our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the WKNC blog. Furthermore, if any local musicians are interested in The Local Beat, howl at your girl at localmusic at wknc.org. Thank you. 
WKNC. That was the first song by Smoke from All the Friction. It was called Skiz, and I have the two members of this band in studio. Very excited to talk about their work. Hello, guys. It would be fantastic if you could introduce yourselves. Hey, how's it going? My name is Kenny. Hey, what's up? I'm Cam. All right, Kenny and Cam. We actually joked earlier that it sounded like a, a Disney Channel <laughs> TV show or something. Kenny and Cam. Yeah. <laughs> but your music sounds way cooler than anything Disney Channel has ever put out. Yeah, so thank I don't you think for being we should here be today. <laughs> no, 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 no. You just have some catchy names. Um, so for the audience who didn't know or can't see behind the scenes a little bit, what do you guys play as far as members of Smoke from All the Friction? Uh, I play percussion, bass, guitar electric guitar and some keyboards occasionally i play or i sing i play some synthesizer stuff i play some guitar and basically every song kind of depending on what we need we kind of switch out instruments a lot fantastic and um once again the audience can't see uh but in the studio they have pretty much more equipment that i've probably seen in this room in my entire time <laughs> working here uh they have some pretty fancy tech that goes into producing smoke from all the friction so that song skiz has it been released for the audience to hear not yet oh so wow it's kind of been a live staple for a little while but uh didn't really make sense in our last album so we're kind of finishing up and rewriting a little bit for the new album that's gonna be releasing in months no, yeah. no no official date yet no but. official date but uh we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled for it yeah we're as in far progress. oh i'm sorry for cutting you off no you're good <laughs> as far as the first album that you guys released what was it called and where could we find it um it's called transients um if you're like most of us it's all online itunes google music mm-hmm. title all Tidal, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah all the major streaming yeah, services Spotify, yeah. we also i mean if you really want a physical copy we have cds mm-hmm. no vinyls sorry Ah, that's okay. Um, I I cherish my vinyls. However, they may be a dying breed, which is heartbreaking. Uh, my dad actually recently bought a um, a vinyl ripper. It's got like a diamond cut needle. Is that like, yeah, you can put your vinyl on it and it'll yeah. rip it into an MP3 format for you. What? It's pretty sick. Yeah. yeah so he's cool. got his all all his old um, original pressings that he's transferring onto iTunes, yeah. which is pretty neat. So are you guys local to the area? I mean, obviously this is the local beat, but is it Raleigh, Cary? Yeah, we're Raleigh based. Yeah, Raleigh based. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any favorite venues in the area? I like Emerge. Yeah, Emerge for sure. Uh, I've only been with this band for like two months now, um, so I haven't played too much, but Emerge was definitely a favorite. Um, to Cam, was there someone before Kenny working with you? It's been a, been a fair fair amount of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you... finally got the person I was looking for. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I mean, it really shows through your music. You guys seem to have um, a cohesive energy between the two of you. Oh, thanks. Um, and what is it about Emerge that you like? Do you guys play their uh, open mics a lot or... Actual, like, show shows. Booked shows, um, yeah. I mean, part of it is that, I guess, I, I really like the staff's view on, on music. Mm-hmm. They seem to take it very seriously. I remember the first time I played there. It's actually the second show with this band. I walked in, the bartender was like, oh, I checked out your tracks. I was like, you guys actually <laughs> listened to my music before I came in here? So, like, they, they seem to have an appreciation. And, and so another thing that I think, I really like how they're trying to figure out what it means to be a music venue in 2019. A lot of a lot of uh, venues are just kind of doing the same thing that venues have been doing for the last twenty years. Which yeah, that, that there's nothing wrong with that. But they're also trying to evolve. Like for instance, on a they have, they have their open mic nights. They do every Wednesday. I've got a, a bunch of friends who go out there all the time. Yeah, but I've been on, there and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. On Tuesdays, which I think is really cool, they have open jam nights. Yes, they do. I've heard about those. Which is a really clever idea because a lot of people want to play, want to play with other people, but finding people, finding musicians are kind of 
they don't talk to each other very well and there's not really a great platform for them to meet other musicians and meet people and collaborate in a way that at worst case scenario, you just have to survive 15 minutes on stage. At best mm-hmm. case, you get to meet people and get to play with people and see how they play. I think it's a really clever idea. Um, I thought it was cool that you mentioned how musicians don't have a great dialogue. Um, there's a, a quote by Hans Christian Andersen that I'm sure everyone knows, but it's when uh, when words fail, music speaks. And uh, that was a cute little thought that I had while you were discussing that. Um, I definitely appreciate Emerge. They are a great venue. Shout out to Stefan, the bartender. He's a nice guy. <laughs> um, but they also they facilitate a really community experience by bringing in like local artists, like aside from musicians. They have like local art shows. They have art oh, yeah. on the walls and they sell their own T-shirts and things. And it's really just right in the heart of downtown. Yeah, they've been really good to us. We did a our, for transients, we did our album release there, and they actually made like two cocktails for that night, like based on our band name that and stuff. That is so fantastic! So if you have like a cool idea, like they'll, they'll work with you. They've been like really supportive. Like that is for us fantastic. And, um, and they are really doing the most to change things. But how do you think being a musician will change in 2019? Um, I think it's a. Uh, this is my opinion. I feel I feel like we need to take a little bit more responsibility to evolve. There's a lot of ex- things that have gotten a lot easier. To, um, in 2019, in the last 10 years, as far as like you can record your own stuff for really cheap, you can use a lot of technology to build right, tracks right. like that you would never be able to do before. So your job's gotten easier, but and so we've lost some of the roles that you had to do before. But I think it's our responsibility to realize that there's certain roles that need, are going to be added onto that that weren't there 10 years ago. Right, like understanding how to communicate through people through technology. Like a lot of people, are like oh, I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, this is part of your job, man. Like well, I don't know how to do it. Well, me neither. But it's your job to learn and evolve and. If you're trying to connect with people, it's, it's really important to be able to speak their language. You know, it's, uh, it's made things easier, but it's also uh, created a lot more outlets, opened some doors yeah. for uh, new creative expression. Kenny, since you are new to Smoke from All the Friction, what yeah. did you do uh, as a musician prior to this two months? Um, I was always into music. I've self-taught myself to play guitar and bass guitar and percussion. What was uh, your first instrument? It was drums, actually. And at home, I have, like, a 22-piece uh, double kick drum oh set gosh. that I'm so thankful I don't have to bring <laughs> with me every time we uh, gig. But, yeah, that's my baby. Yeah, I don't mean to uh, expose you, but for the audience, he's using an um, an electric drum kit yeah. today, which is super sick. Standing electric. A standing electric drum yeah, kit. This, yeah, this uh, doesn't actually exist. We Our drum kit, yeah, we created ourselves. really cool. Um, we use a percussion rack. Being a percussionist, I have all these, like, random tools and percussion things in my closet and uh cam had these pads for a traditional electronic drum set right and we kind of used our mad scientist brains and created that monster speaking of monster you guys have quite a bit of music to showcase for us tonight mm-hmm. so yeah. mad scientists would you like to jump back into the lab for sure let's do it all right let's do it once again wknc this is smoke from all the friction in studio live on the local beat you're going to want to keep listening until 6 p.m after that it is eye on the triangle all right dj beowulf with smoke from all the friction thanks for tuning in
Alrighty, this next song is off our uh, album Transits, and this song is called Panther. Thank you. 
right, WKNC. Those last two songs you heard were by Smoke From All The Friction. So if you're just tuning in, this is The Local Beat, and they are playing live. We just heard Broken Machines, Unreleased, Hush Hush, Super Secret, and Panther, which is off of their first album, Transients, which is on the majority of streaming services. Um, speaking of Transients, I believe you guys have very recently released a music video for a song off of that um, album. It was a uh, Cross and Tattoo, right? Yep. That was, uh, I guess... In this, not when that recent. It was about in the summer, so that was pretty exciting. Oh, okay, it was uh, when your um, your PR spokesman reached out to me. They uh, forwarded the music video, oh, yeah. which I thought was super cool. By the way, oh, very you. well done. Um, did you have a a company do that, or was that self directed? Um, we're good at a lot of things. We're not amazing at video. <laughs> that is uh, one aspect of technology that uh, maybe you should go to someone else for. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of kind of relates into like the bigger themes of us as a band. So, smoke from all the friction. Friction is uh, when when two forces come together and create an energy that they wouldn't mm-hmm. otherwise create. And so, it's kind of a not kind of it's a metaphor. So, for what we're trying to do in this band is is often in, intentionally put friction in our lives and in our music to see what we can create and where we would end up, like in. We're trying to end up in a different place than we would without having this uh, additional force. And that additional force can be working with another person. As soon as you collaborate with another person, it's it's it's, it's a frictiony thing. Absolutely. <laughs> or like intentionally and commune yourself, putting yourself in a box where I'm going to write this song and I can only use six tracks. Or this song has to feel purple. Or it has to this song has to transition between these two elements. Or but intentionally putting limitations and putting a force, an external force that you have to work around to to force you to evolve. Mm-hmm. And so similarly with with the music video, I had to work with the director. And that is, again, as soon as you work with another person, and it's a, it's a frictiony thing. So it was kind of exciting to see what someone else hears in your music where you can't explain everything to them and give them a right. frame of like, no, this is what it really means, you know? That actually leads me into my next question. Speaking of friction and like working with another person, um, friction in my mind typically connotes um, sort of a discourse or aggravation between two people but Mm -hmm. you're seeing is more of like the energy that's created from the two Mm -hmm. things colliding um you said earlier in the interview that kenny was the person you've been looking for in this uh this duo of musical collaboration i mean not to say i've I've worked with a lot of great people and absolutely yeah but at this moment in time for the two of you what is it like been working as a duo especially kenny walking in with the group already sort of having an established sound and things to go for uh, me personally, I feel like we work very well together. Um, we are very musical people, so. Oh no, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're like two forces in unison. Um, there's not a lot of friction, but I mean, whenever you have two people, you're gonna have different ideas or just different interests or visions. Uh, you want to do with particular things. Uh, but to me, honestly, like it's been part of the greatest band that i've been in so far so um and to your point like friction's often a negative thing mm-hmm. and i agree yeah but like i mean if you're really cold and you rub your hands together that friction's pretty a, a good thing you know? absolutely but if you get in a car wreck that's a bad kind of friction correct and so collision so what we've, we've been trying to do is uh well, synonyms is, is create friction that is mostly useful and so like early on i basically had a conversation with them and i said like hey here's what i have to offer and here's what i need like and I asked him, like, what do you what do you need and what do you have to offer me? And as long as there's, like, a... An like, overlap yeah, there. Yeah, like, starting that, the conversation off that way, like, if those didn't overlap, it's not really a, it's not really an awkward conversation. If you were in a band with somebody for a year and then you have that conversation, it's a, it's a little bit different. So, yeah. luckily, like, we started things off, like, honestly and and kind of 
knowing the conflict that will happen and, and makes it a lot easier to deal with because you're, you're prepared for it. And did the two of you become acquainted through the local music scene? Um, local art scene? Yeah. Local art? Interesting. Local art, probably. Probably. Yeah. So, so my, the first time I met you? So my girlfriend does a lot of acro yoga. Uh, she, uh, very cool. She like hosts like jams, which are basically just meetups. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing that for a long time. And I think you guys did just moved here. Yeah. Uh, I'm only like a year and a half into the Raleigh area. Welcome. Came from Indiana. Thank you. Um, but yeah, when we first met, um, it was like a week within moving here. And my girlfriend and I have already, we've been doing acro for like two years or so now. So it was like, we'll see what this community is like. And then uh, apparently we met some amazing people through it. That's pretty fantastic. Well, this might be a question for both of you, considering that Kenny's new to the area. Um, how, what would you say is the best way for a new musician to get acquainted or involved in the local scene? Uh, um, lower your expectations a lot. I know that sounds like a joke, and it kind of is, but it's... There's this thing in movies where you just like walk in and then everything kind of gets handed to you and that then one you, moment. Yeah, and then you form the band and you're Led Zeppelin kind of thing. That that's a movie <laughs> right. thing that rarely will ever happen, I think, in real life. And so I guess going into it with the expectation that it's gonna take a lot of work and you're probably gonna have to go through a lot of people and and you're gonna have to evolve and, and become better than you are in both in leading a band or interacting with other people and, and as a musician. And it's gonna kind of just lower expectations a little bit. And then once that's there, I'd say some practical things are, like we were talking about, go to a merge. Yeah. Like, you're not going to meet anybody. They're not going to come to you. Nobody's going to ping you on Facebook. It's If, if nobody knows you exist, they're not going to contact you. Yeah. So, I've, uh, I've had a band come on the local beat in the past. Uh, they're called Black and K. If you're familiar with them, they're rather active in the area. Yeah. And uh, two of, they're a four-person group. Mm-hmm. Two of the members knew each other, and the other two reached out through like a Craigslist ad. I think it was something like uh, one of the artists posted that they wanted to start an Americana band <laughs> and the other uh, the other guys reached out and they do not play Americana. Let me clarify. They're like a like a post-punk kind of thing going okay. on. But seriously, they just replied to an Americana uh, ad and now they're, I would say, one of the more active groups in the area. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I would agree. Like I've actually met <laughs> most of me just in my life. I met either... By word of mouth or Craigslist. Yeah. So, but that's not to say that Craigslist will work. I just say you just need to stick 7,000 hooks out there. And it is a one one hook to lower, one <laughs> avenue yeah, to try. Easy. Like, I didn't do it for a long time, honestly, because I was lazy or scared or something, you know? And those are things that you're probably going to need to overcome to play music anyway, mm-hmm. so... Um, that actually ties back to our previous uh, conversation regarding the development of technology and how, how it changes being an artist. Oh, yeah. Because the internet is a great way to reach other people and draw... Uh, inspiration, which leads me into my next question. What inspires the two of you? It doesn't have to be musical, but you put a lot of emotion and passion into the creation of music. So are there artists that inspire you or outside forces that help you to create? Um, musically, I've always been inspired by the passion behind music, mm-hmm. not necessarily like performance or fame or all the other stuff that comes with uh, famous musicians, I guess, but just like seeing Jimi Hendrix by his guitar on fire, like, that triggered something in me, even though I was never at Woodstock. <laughs> but just that type of being able to express yourself freely has always drawn yeah, me towards it. I think that's a pretty good... Um, oh, totally lost my word. I think that's a pretty good um, example of the iconography with which um, one can convey their emotions because, like, that one image, like, you were never at Woodstock... Yeah. Um, I don't know your age, but he might have even died before you were born. He did, yeah. He did, yeah. <laughs> but that 
was such a powerful thing that he did through his music that it's affecting people decades after his life. Definitely. Mm-hmm. What about you, Cam? Um, I mean, for me, I call this I call this mixed media. So if you're right. like visual painting, or like it's when you combine like watercolors and acrylics and sculpture or something, and people don't usually think of mixed media being a, a musical thing. But uh, I'd say some of my favorite musicians are, are guys who've who spent a lot of time developing themselves and in a non musical way, and then use their music, very good music, to start that conversation, like dealing, dabbling in spirituality or like mm-hmm. you know maturity or these these uh, these other completely a musical concepts and then kind of give you permission and incentive to examine that. Like, Oh, this cool musician guy does this. I guess I'll go check this out. And that, that really inspired me when I was young and continues to do that. Cause a lot of people will get into, to me, like there's a lot of like weird music that I'm into now, but only reason I got there was because a lot of bands and art and people were kind of my, my gateway. Yeah. You really go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. One leads to the next. <laughs> yeah. My gateway bands. But the thing is like, nobody wants to think of themselves as the gateway band. They are the end. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, I, I'd been doing that my entire life. And I was like, that's really kind of arrogant. And so, and, and a lot of bands, whether they knew it or not, were that for me, both musically and you know, philosophically. I think the, uh, the gateway analogy kind of paints like a very linear picture in people's minds, like one band leads to the next. But it's more mm. of um, an amalgamation of like social networks. It's like a 3D model of all things connected and intertwined. And that's how you learn about new music, new artists, new creation. Sure. There's no end goal. It's one leads to the next, which is connected to the next and the previous and the former. It is. Yeah. And on what you're saying about technology, this is something that's been on my mind recently. I'd say uh, internet, like music, is like super commonplace now. That's everybody uses it. And that's honestly kind of a new thing. People are saying that uh, rock and roll is dying. They call it dad rock. It's just evolving. <laughs> <laughs> dad rock. Right. Dad rock. Yeah. Don't well, get me wrong. I love some dads and I love some rock. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'd say as, as an artist, it's a. Uh, Used to be music was far more curated by a human than it used to be. Correct. Like, and um, now it's far more AI driven, mm-hmm. and it's the AI's gotten a lot better. It used to be like, oh, you like rock and roll? I guess you're like you too and Disturbed. You know, it's like no, this that, those aren't connected. That's at all. how people get their like Spotify daily mixes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting better. They but, are, <laughs> but they are still nowhere near what a human curated list is going to be like. And that brings it back to the uh, the network that I was talking about. The digital yeah. network can only yeah. go so far. But I, I'd say in. in Oh, uh, from an artist's responsibility, I think it's your job to make, if you feel like you have something to say and something important, it's important that you put a lot of effort into making that music reach the ears of the people that it should. If you, I mean, it's like creating the most beautiful painting in the world and then mm-hmm. putting it in a box, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's, unfortunately, I don't, I don't like this part of, of music at all because it's, it's trying to connect with people on a, I don't know, own, like manipulative way, but you're trying to manipulate them into an experience that's beneficial to them. So if you feel like you have something beautiful to show the world, it's kind of your responsibility to, to own that. Um, it's it's very difficult for local artists to get that music out other than through yeah. word of mouth or through the Internet sure. um, without the backing of like a large, larger group or company or something. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, how do you compete with corporate commercialism in music? Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine about this, <laughs> and that's like a super... Scary question. It is scary because people, it, a lot of musicians develop their practices like, I can't wait to get signed and then I'll take off, yeah. you know? But it, um, you have to get to that point first and some people continue their whole careers as independent artists. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you have the, we have the tools now. It's just going to require, you're going to have to write your own tools. There, there's a bit of a, it's, it's kind of like 
trying to start your own company versus going to high school to go to college, going to a career, and then getting a 401k. Like, the one of them is a far more predictable and a bit, bit safer path. And so you have a higher guarantee of success, but your potential for success is lower than if you start your own thing, which is a lot more risky. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think either of them is bad or good, but I think you have a higher chance of, of sacrificing your visions and your ideas if you go the more corporate route, which if you have extra ideas and to sacrifice them, totally fine. And some of my favorite music is pretty corporate. But at the same time, if you're going to go the DIY route, DIY route you, you have to realize, I think, that the answers you're looking for and how you sell yourself aren't going to be in some blog post. You're going to have to try a thousand different things and to begin to find one that works for you. Um, directing a question to Kenny, you mentioned yeah. that you've been in bands beforehand. So speaking of things that the thousands of things you have to try, what were you doing before Smoke from All the Friction? Uh, it was mostly metal and I was mostly a drummer. Sick. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> so completely, not completely different from this uh, group, but just a different culture in the sense that uh, my band in high school, we were together for like three years or so and we had to like self-produce everything because, I mean, there's a bajillion metal bands out there and we weren't trying to get signed or anything welcome to north carolina there's a bajillion of them here yeah like the they're everywhere north carolina awesome. hardcore scene is thriving yeah it's awesome like as a metalhead but at the same time um like cam said you have to do a lot of trial and error and uh teach yourself how to do things just like simple recordings or what 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 work well with recordings a lot of w's um <laughs> W-K-N-C. <laughs> <laughs> but for sure, um, so like me, my personal experience was mostly as a drummer and it's like, how do I like keep a beat? It was like my responsibility in a band. Whereas this, I'm playing almost everything, not all at once, but I do mix it up a lot. How do you fit in the puzzle? Yeah, that's definitely yeah. a transition from what were you doing prior. For sure. And like the fact that I'm not sitting down and performing anymore like i'm always standing i'm always in the front and i mean drummers always like sweat a lot during their performances but now you're using your whole body again don't even get to sit down yeah i don't even get to sit down which is fine (laughs) because i get to walk into the crowd and stuff yeah yeah lazy drummers don't do anything (laughs) which by the way was a complete joke i have lots of drummer friends who sweat and work so hard it's a job like just getting your equipment to the venue is like a moving job in itself. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> should hire uh, two men in a truck. Exactly, just for each gig. Um, but thankfully, I don't do that anymore. I just have this electronic piece I can carry in my arms. Shout out to Cam. And it's beautiful. Speaking of gigs, do you guys have any upcoming ones that the fans might be interested in? We do. Let me pull this up here. I mean, the best uh, long-term answer is our Facebook has everything. We're, we keep up to date on the socials. Would that just be Smoke from All the Fiction mm-hmm. on I said fiction. Smoke from all the friction. <laughs> that's our that's our book club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m., we're playing at Magnolia Roots Cafe in Wake Forest. Oh, that's a cute place. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. the first time playing there, so I'm excited about that. Isn't that also, um, I might be remembering wrong, isn't that also a brewery or nearby one? Two of my roommates are from Wake Forest, so I've like okay. gone out there to visit them. However, mm-hmm. we like touch base with their family, and then I do nothing otherwise. Fair so. <laughs> then, uh, February 16th, we're back in Emerge, so that's going to be awesome. February 16th, yeah. fantastic. Um, and I would like to cordially invite you guys to, um, if you're interested in 
further checking out the music scene and though you're heavily involved already, WKNC is hosting a two-night local event called Double Barrel Benefit. It's going to be downtown February 1st and 2nd, and we have lots of cool local music going on. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah. What part of downtown? Oh, God. It's at King's okay, in Raleigh. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be two nights. It's going to be a pretty cool thing. Actually, uh, most of my local beat specials, other than you guys, are going to be just all double barrel artists. So I'm, I was just really excited to have you guys on. So oh, done. Yeah. I had to make a little slot in there other than everybody else. Speaking of slots, this is your time slot to perform if you'd like to do another one. Yeah, let's do it. Fantastic. All right, well, they're setting up. We're going to take one quick air break just to play some liners, sweepers, and our radio ID. This is WKNC 88.1. Smoke from all the friction is on the local beat. All right, so listeners, Smoke from All the Friction is setting up, but I was just going to ask Kenny a couple questions. I believe, I don't mean to spoil anything, but you guys are doing a cover for us? Yeah, uh, we're about to perform Tainted Love, which has been covered many times. Um, this time it's being covered by us. <laughs> um, can I ask why you guys chose that that one? Um, I actually, Cam decided to do this before I got in the group. I was, uh, always liked the song, especially the Marilyn Manson version. Um, my love, by the way. I will do some screaming, so hopefully that will come through Woo-hoo! and not kill everyone listening. But, uh, yeah, I've always loved the song uh, in general. Like, the lyrics are fun. And I was like, why not keep this going? So, mm-hmm. um, I will say specifically uh, from seeing you guys perform um, a little bit, I think you guys will do a fantastic rendition. Uh, you align pretty well with Marilyn Manson, and um, Nine Inch Nails was one of the Listen If You Like for sure. Artists for Smoke from All the Friction. So this, that, is, yeah. this is pretty exciting <laughs> for me. Um, is it going to be, um, what instruments are you guys playing for this one? Uh, this one we play in guitar. And can we be playing uh, some synthesizer as well as vocals. Fantastic. So let's dive right into it. WKNC 88.1. This is Smoke from All the Friction on the local beat. No. 
That was Tainted Love, a cover um, done by Smoke From All The Friction. They have two songs up next. This one is called I The Master. Diving right into it, WKNC 
Forget. I'm too scared to admit that I need to 
That was I, the Master by Smoke from All the Friction. And it also went into one of you. It was a very cohesive lineup. Uh, We are going to be asking a couple more questions. First of all, let me start by saying of everything you've played, those last two were my personal favorites so far. Yeah. Are they uh, they unreleased or are they on transients? Um, Both of those songs are on transients. All right. Well, I will be definitely adding them to my early morning, wake up, start my day playlist. <laughs> my, my subtle go to, go to bed playlist. <laughs> Very relaxing, really soothing me there. Um, side note, not really a question about you guys, but do either of you listen to Deftones? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. that. Uh, their new album, Prayers Triangles, uh, gets uh, pretty experimental there. So I was uh, kind of in- inspired by what you guys were playing. It kind of reminded me of that. Right on. Yeah, well, at, least, at least for me, like... Uh, I'm truly trying to divorce myself from, like, I'm going to write a metal song. I'm going to write a genre song. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I want to write a song that feels like this. Mm-hmm. And so that that last album, actually, most of it, I wrote an outline. Like, this song needs to feel like this and convey these ideas. And then this the next song needs to feel like this. And this this song will transition between these two ideas. So kind of writing from a, an outline and a blueprint as opposed to, like, whatever, just a random combination of songs. Would you be comfortable discussing the outline or blueprint you have planned for your upcoming album? Um, Sure. It's not done but i mean it's, it's actually pretty we've spent a lot of time on it so i think a lot of to me I'll, I'll, if you can put a lot of effort on the front end and it kind of creates a lot of boxes that are easier to work in right. and you have a more cohesive product but the architecture of that outlines is not fun because you have to work for hours and hours and hours and not make a single sound <laughs> yeah and so, a lot of our descriptions are like we want this to be blue yeah or so purple. to feel feel yellow which is Sounds unhelpful, but at the same time, it, it kind of is helpful. I'm like, okay, how do I, I want to divorce myself from, from the musical terminology a little bit. And so that, so that's more inspirational to me than write a dubstep song. You know? <laughs> write a dubstep yeah. song. <laughs> Once in a while, that's what we do too, but like. Yeah. Um, so other than going for uh, a feeling or I guess um, a paradigm for what you want the music to be, what's your songwriting process like? Very uh, experimental. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, Cam is a mastermind of harmonies and creating music. And I've came in and kind of, uh, I don't know, helped steer the boat in a sense. Um, we're still going downstream smoothly, but the whole process has been like him sending me clips and me giving my opinion on how it makes me feel or things I would want to change or stuff like that. He basically reproduces, not reproduce, produces. And that. But since uh, I don't have to, we're not stuck in the studio. Like, hey, you have ten hours. Uh, 
whatever you got after 10 hours is done. Mm-hmm. And we're able to just go over and over and iterate over and over and over and really dig into the details and nuances of, of the music that's there. Yet again, nice. another rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can be. And we haven't, we've actually gone been pretty efficient about like all right this is this is too far all right we just need to ship it yeah <laughs> right, we'll come back to it another day type and of thing. i think that's one of the, the one of the questions you asked earlier like what advantages do do we have over a big budget corporate music mm-hmm. we can take our time a little bit and spend a lot of hours just tweaking the space sound for 10 hours if we need to to really get the goal accomplished as opposed to that can also be debilitating like you're saying but i think it also allows us to, to have a level of detail that most music can't have mm-hmm. um you said spending 10 hours uh, working on a bass tone. And um, I'm a big fan of the Beach Boys. And I watched uh, The Life of Ryan Wilson, uh, the um, reenacted like documentary. And uh, he was a mastermind of music such as yourselves. And um, I remember learning that at one point when they were recording, um, God, what is it? Uh, it's their most popular good vibrations. Um, the cello players for the like, like uh, driving riff that they have towards the end. He mm-hmm. made those um, studio musicians play it over and over again for hours because he had this concept in his head and he had to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say in a similar way you guys strive for perfectionism like that, or is it just like putting what's in your heart out onto a digitized format? I say a bit of both. Mm-hmm. We're definitely like not uh, far driven to one side. Uh, we definitely are perfectionists in ourselves, but we also can take a step back from the music and say, "Okay, this is good enough for now," or "It isn't half. We don't have to spend another ten hours on one bass tone that's going to be playing for ten seconds in a song." Right. Like, there's a whole other album to focus on as well. I mean, for me. A lot of mu- music is is my therapy. I do like other than real therapy. This it's a it's a a way to practice and test things about yourself that you weren't so sure in a kind of a safe environment. So I go into writing a song. I had this idea in my head, this virtual thing, and I have to turn that idea, this, this thing that doesn't exist, into a physical medium, to a sounds, a set of sounds and, and pitches and, and rhythms. And it's never at all what I want it to be, but that teaches me something about myself. Okay, maybe I I thought I was better than I was. And that's an educational and a humbling thing and, an, and it's a very useful thing. So it allows me to, to practice and really learn a lot about myself via the process of, of trying to extract these ideas into the world. Would you say that your music creation process is uh, more creative, or not creative, uh, more chaotic or streamlined? Which is um, a loaded question, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to ask questions that kind of like set you up, like pick an answer. Yeah, um, it's more like thought provoking, I guess. I would say, can, for instance, if you read the like an interview with Marilyn Manson and uh, his process, his was chaotic. So we're, I'd say, we're pretty streamlined in the sense of methodical. Would probably mm-hmm. be a better mm-hmm. answer because a lot of the stuff requires inspiration. You have to come up with a good idea, and then you have to come up with cool ideas to execute on that idea, and they don't come by themselves. Sometimes they do, but it's, I feel like it's part of your work ethic and part of your duty as an artist to kind of force it even when the inspiration's not there. you got to open the door for it. It may not walk through it, but it's never going to walk through it if you don't open the door. Um, I've had an artist come on. Um, his his stage name was Xylem, and he did um, transient like um, yeah. performance art. It was uh, He runs like 
uh, yoga clinics and things and to facilitate a transient or serene environment. He mm-hmm. would do music at the same time. And he described his creative process as being more of a vessel. He was not creating original ideas, more so they were coming through him like a channel. Yeah. Um, so how do you guys... It was like a medium. A medium, exactly. <laughs> um, how, how do you find inspiration, I guess? Uh, like what... Give an example of something that incepts an idea for you guys, like especially when writing your past album, Transients, uh, I guess what inspired you to do that? Um, to me, I, I don't write concept albums. I write theme albums. It's not a thing, but because a concept album has a very clear, almost like a story. And uh, a theme is I didn't want to write a story about trans, the transient nature of reality or something. I wanted yeah. to have kind of this is my personal exploration that I've gone through on things that relate to this topic. So it allows the songs to stand alone a little bit better, and they're not quite as joined, but they are better in context of each other. And so for me, it's usually just personal experience. Like the new, new album that we're tentative title is, is Nuance. So it's a, no uh, subtle, no, no question that a lot of the polarization and, and drama in America is that people don't extend the courtesy of nuance to each other. They don't try to understand why and how. Other people got to the ideologies and, and that they got to. You know, you know um, it's uh, it's interesting that you have mentioned that the second album might be called Nuance because um, one of the things that I had discussed with your PR representative <laughs> was uh, that you guys are very heavily focused on like the nuance and symbolism behind your songwriting. Um, and I also mm-hmm. think that it's cool that nuance and transients have sort of um, a, a similar vibe. It's a cohesive lineup of your discography. Um can you give us, I know that the music isn't out yet, but could you give us an, like an example of why it's called Nuance? Even though that's a tentative title, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it could be purple tomorrow, but... Oh, it could be. It could, it could be. be. You guys like to uh, use a lot of color <laughs> symbolism. <laughs> um, you know, that song Panther that you played earlier, I got a lot of purple vibes from that. Oh, really? Yes. We play a lot of blue. When we play it, we usually have lights with us as well. Yeah, we, have, we, have mm-hmm. lights. we like to. I could actually see the crawling panther you know that very um american traditional like sleek velvet panther mm-hmm. um that a lot of people get tattooed and things that was just in my head the whole time Perfect. yeah that's always interesting to hear like it's it's a terrifying thing to like have this idea i put it in this thing and then it comes to you and then you detranslate you detranslate it so what then... did you see why is it called panther um so yeah to get big and then we'll get small so transience is about the transient nature of what it means to be a Millennial and whatever, what's the next generation called? Z, Z? I think it was a Z that came first and then it was millennials. All right, my little brother's generation, whatever that one's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think part of growing up and realize is, is that everything around us is mortal and it changes. It, it's dying off far, far faster. Be that a trend, be that friendships. We, we view a lot of things as far more disposable and replaceable and transient, you know, ever changing yeah. and kind of acknowledging what that means in, in your own life as, as a person. You know, that makes me think this is probably going to be a very abstract culture. Cam, how do you feel about influencer culture? People who are now on the internet calling themselves influencers and that's their job. Well, I mean, if you're able to do that, then good for you. Uh, I probably won't listen to you, but <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like I, I'm, we're all heavily influenced by a lot of people. Either they call themselves influencers or not. Correct. And, and I would say in some ways it's a very beneficial thing if you can take take on the responsibility of that because the reality is you are affected by everybody that's else around you, especially as an artist. You're Always going... coming back to that social network idea. Yeah. Yeah. That but 3D it's, model. Social, it's not social responsibility implies that you have to do it. I think it's more of like you ought to take it on yourself. You shouldn't be forced to take it, but 
So influencer culture. I've never gotten that question before in my entire life. It was just something that I was thinking of. You were talking about the transience of a uh, millennial society, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, that's one thing that I, I think about a lot because, um, and I know we're no longer talking about music. Oh, but, that's fine. You know, it's, it's a discussion. It is all related. And um, there's a, with the development of the internet and the media and things, there are so many things that are presented and shown to us that you would think that it would be so incredibly easy to take all of this and develop your own perspective. However, now we have a rise of influencers and people seeing these influencers and doing the same thing. And so it's less influence and because influence to, in my mind, if you're influenced by something, you take it and make it your own or change it. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the same thing, it's more propaganda. Yeah. So I don't have a, and I think this, this is some of the stuff we dealt with in Panther and in, in the new album is, so Panthers, <laughs> it's the song using the Black Panthers actually as an example, you know, real, not controversial stuff. Yay. Um, was as young people, we, we really desire to have purpose and confidence in our decisions. Like not everybody does, but young people are really susceptible to it because we've not had very much of that. And so often as soon as we find something that works for us, we hold on to it and we grab it. And then eventually things are transient and they change around you and the environmental factors that led you to adopting that ideology or idea will change. And a lot of us still keep holding on to those ideas because they worked and we, and we're scared of what it's going to be like without it. And so I don't have a problem in, in some ways, it's, I think it can be a very beneficial thing that there's influencers as long as they take on the responsibility of letting go of things you need to let go. And you, as a person who trusts in the influencers, you should be willing to leave them behind when they don't evolve. Yeah, Kenny, uh, you really seem to be, um, I guess, vibing with what Cam's yeah, saying. Like yeah, every time he says anything, you're like, yes, yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really cool that you guys seem to be on the same page. Yeah, I guess so. I don't think I never knew what an influencer was until today. So, like, <laughs> really, you've never heard of like Instagram influencers? Nah, it's a literal job that like people can have if you have um, a large enough following on the internet. Your title becomes influencer, and companies will pay you to promote their things or oh, do a certain okay. style because you have somewhat of a captive audience. You know, mm-hmm. people who chose to follow you. Well, you can just be bought out, you know? You've already got yeah, these you're followers. Yeah, you walking billboard at that point, Exactly. Aren't you? That's, not, that's not inherently a problem. No, it's that not. Very, I mean, I'm not it's, bashing on it. But there are very talented people out there. Is. And I understand their motives and why they're doing it. I mean, I was saying mixed media. Like, uh, like mixed I got, media, I got right. philosophy because like a workout guy I listened to when I was 15, like made a bunch of YouTube videos and kind of looped in philosophy on those things. And so I'm interested in philosophy now. And so an influencer can give you permission in a gateway, like we're talking about, to do to experience a lot of things that you never would otherwise, mm-hmm. but like I think it's they lend themselves to cor- corruption's a bit of a strong word, but cor- corruption very they easily influence each other. There, th- yeah. there can be a degree of influence that is overpowering. Sure. Yes. So and I, uh, I I like your thoughts on that quite a bit. Um, so smoke from all the friction and I apologize to the audience that I keep sniffing and sneezing in the microphone. <laughs> I, I think I'm having smoke an allergic, all <laughs> honestly, I'm ugh, all the friction, all the smoke you guys are creating. It's really clogging up my nostrils. It's just not very nice, <laughs> but on that note, I would love to hear more of your music. Let's create some more smoke, some more friction from the hot music going on right now. This is WKNC 88.1, the local beat with smoke from all the friction, paying what, playing what I believe will be their last live set um, before we go into the last few questions and sign off. So 
please continue to tune in. We only have a little bit left, and this entire process has been incredibly interesting. This is DJ Beowulf. We are on WKNC 88.1. Stay tuned and keep it locked.
computer died. Oh, what a bummer. Well, I guess that means if the audience wants to hear the full song, they should check out the sneak preview. They should go check out the music video for Cross and Tattoo if they'd like to, which is now on YouTube. That was their hit single and arguably most popular song. It's also on their last album, Transients, and is probably my favorite that they've put out. It's definitely the first one that I heard um, when preparing for this interview and this session. So technology, even though it improves our lives as musicians, it is also the bane of our existence. Yeah, well, that's the kind of friction we don't want. We do not want that <laughs> friction. We do not want power shortages. Yeah, it happens. Well, at least it wasn't your fault that it messed up. You know, I've had a lot of bands come on and they make a mistake and, you know, it's already out on air. Mm. You guys were doing pretty perfectly up until that point. Right on, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we missed half the song. Yeah. So uh, closing note, I would just like to ask you guys to shout out any upcoming uh, shows that you have coming out. Um, give any last minute shout outs that you have and we will hit the road for that. Yeah. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we have a show coming up this Saturday at Magnolia Cafe. In uh, Wake, Wake Forest. Forest. Yeah. Yeah, we got some more Raleigh stuff coming up, too, at uh, Merge in the Poorhouse in a few weeks as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Instagram, we're super active on there, super active on uh, Facebook. and All of the above is Smoke from All the Friction. Yeah. It is a We want to talk to you. Whatever your thing is, if you need Tumblr, if you want us to send you a snail mail. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only receive information via Carrier Pigeon. Oh, nice. I have to yeah. get one of those. I'm, uh, I'm super off the grid. Is that but an I app? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I've been training my pigeons since its inception. Yeah, right. they're bred for this. They're uh, super fast. Really? So, uh, yeah, I've got a, a special pigeon, fastest in the fleet. Her name is um Scott. Mm, <laughs> just, I like it. I'm uh, I'm spitting words out. <laughs> but um, oh, about this Saturday, we're playing with our friend Vaughn. Uh, he's a local artist as well. Check cool. him out. Yeah, he has a SoundCloud. Almost most of his music is on there. Very cool. Supporting your uh, your brothers and musical arms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys very, very much for coming on today. I am very excited to have run this session. You guys really were fantastic. Awesome. Right on. And I am sure everyone who was stuck in five o'clock traffic and was our captive audience <laughs> loved our insightful <laughs> conversation and complex musical creations. So thank you once again to Cam Thanks and Kenny from Smoke from All the Friction. This has been The Local Beat on 88.1 WKNC. Keep it locked. Eye on the Triangle is coming up next at 6 p.m.